This call is being recorded. You are Locked On Browns, your daily podcast covering the Cleveland Browns, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Good evening, everybody, for what will be your packed auto insurance Lockdown Browns pregame show. Uh, go to packedauto.com, download the app, get yourself a quote, save, use the pausability feature that only packed auto insurance offers. Jeff Lloyd, Pete Smith from Browns, maybe guiding you through your daily delivery of all things dog pound here on the pregame show. But Pete, first things first, step one accomplished. Uh, the young kids from Streetsboro, 10 and 0 regular season. Uh, had to be pretty much a wild night out there last night. Uh, I mean, it was great for them to uh, finally be able to do it. It was interesting because the way the game went, it just uh, it didn't have like a enormous game atmosphere. Like it just uh, they they were down pretty quick. So you know, when they they won, it was obviously great. It was a big relief for them. Uh, very exciting. Uh, and, you know, nobody got hurt, which is always a plus. Uh, and they did what they wanted. They, you know, they did what they were hoping to do, which is become the the best team in the school's history, at least as far as record's concerned, uh, and give themselves a shot to, to play in week 11, which they've, which, which is what they're onto now. So, I mean, as much as it was like senior night and all that stuff, uh, it, it was a little bit different just because those guys knew they had uh, more more to go. Uh, just, I mean, just the joy of it. And, um, you know, I mean, perfection, you know, and whatever. I mean, that's what you strive for. You very, very rarely achieve it. But, you know, that part of it, um, you know, obviously my guy, Chris, 28 touchdowns. Thanks for helping ped those stats for me. Uh, happy for the young guy. But just an all-around thing, and even uh, you know what I was watching, I was able actually to watch a little bit of it. And, you know, nineteen nothing at the end of the first quarter. I mean, it felt very. The whole game felt very anticlimactic. Like it was just, you know, it was kind of almost over as soon as it started. Yeah, um, it was just a bizarre football game from from that standpoint. But uh, the, you know, the, the, that was a program that's having a difficult time. Uh, they played hard, but you know, they just became very apparent of what was sort of happening. Uh, but yeah, I mean, great for Chris, obviously. Uh, he set a school school record with uh, 28 touchdowns in the season. Um, you know, had a phenomenal year among, among the number of players that did. Uh, but that's certainly a big deal for him. And, uh, you know, in a you know, a typical Chris move, he came off the field and told uh, Donnie, who's going to, you know, the other running back, you know, basically go out and break that record next year. So, you know, that's sort of his mentality in terms of he, he, he has been very dedicated to, you know, this whole season of uh, talking about setting the, setting the, the foundation for where this program's going to go, that it's not just about what he's doing, that he wants to make sure that the guys after him are, are as successful, if not better than he was. Uh, and look, you know, part of it, obviously, winning helps, but you know, it's you know, you're trying to create better individuals, guys who go on to be better men. And look, it does happen at that age. Uh, I still take away many things, uh, you know, that I learned while playing high school football, and obviously from college football. You take a lot about that from that, and you can relate it into real life. Uh, already landed in Denver, Pete. As obviously they flew on out last night. You know, we got to talk with Ben Albright, 
Um, you got some scoops last night from Ben. Ben was good about it. His thoughts on the game here. Uh, Brandon Allen, um, he kind of compared maybe to a little bit, you know, at best, maybe you're getting a Cody Kessler. But, yeah, I guess we'll start here, you know, Browns defense. Um, Pete, obviously, we're going to hope for more of the man coverage. I mean, besides Cortland Sutton at the receiver position, it's a mixed bag of nuts. As we had talked about the other day, you know, finding a, a nice duo here. You know, last year it was more Lindsey, less Freeman. You're finding a nice combo between those two. Uh, you've got an offensive line here where at least on the outside you're licking your chops. But there is that in the back of your head, Pete. It's, you know, look, we don't know who Brandon Allen is. And there is that that wild card scenario. And obviously the coach in you, that's kind of what you preach. It's like, hey, you know, let's not get too confident. We got no idea who this kid is behind center. Yeah, I mean, he, he and the thing that makes him uh, a ch- more of a challenge, I, I suppose, is he's just – Far different from uh, what they what they've been putting out there. Joe Flacco is, you know, a big armed quarterback <laughs> who can throw really really hard, but he doesn't move particularly well, and he tends to take too many, you know, take t- hold the ball longer than he probably should on on, on occasion. Um, whereas, you know, Brandon Allen is a guy who's one with his legs, one with his arm. You know, he may be far more inclined to get the ball out on time. That may limit pass rush opportunities. That may make it easier for them to uh, stay on schedule in terms of their offense and avoid negative plays, which would certainly be beneficial for them. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, there, there is that element. And then, you know, because uh, he does have legs, that they may do some of those things and allow him to, to run a little bit. First thing I'm getting with a guy like him where you say getting the ball out on time. And look, you know, part of it is going to be getting out and on, getting it out on time. Part of it is, you know, first NFL start jitters, uh, terrified and looking at Miles Garrett. Um, so, you know, one of the things I'd be preaching here if I'm coaching the defensive line is be really cognizant of getting your hands up. Because, I mean, if he's going to try to get this thing out as fast as possible, you know, look, I mean, have the, you know, the, the wherewithal within your brain of if you ain't close to getting home, get the mitts up. You know, I mean, obviously, this is something we talked about with Emmanuel Ogba, which now people, a lot of Browns fans, oh, well, he's knocked down a lot of balls. Yeah, we tried to tell you that. That's why we thought he was a good defensive lineman. Be cognizant of a guy like this who's trying as fast as he can because of the pressure, because of the nerves, uh, you know, because he's probably been preached this because this is what he can do that Joe Flacco couldn't do. Get your damn hands up. Sure. Um, yeah, it, especially if, if you get any sense that he wants to get the ball out quickly uh, and you're on that interior in particular and you're not going to get there, yeah, you, you, may, you may knock a ball down. You may get an opportunity to knock, knock one up and potentially get a turnover. So, yeah, I mean, any of that stuff is good. The other part of this is if you can get to him and you can start hitting him, he's probably going to think about it pretty quick. So, that that could uh, also help them, but I mean the 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 name of the game for this this team and, and this game is they have to they have to win up front and that defensive line has to you know it, this is this should be realistically should be a showcase game for them they should dominate and it should you know they they should just be the group that everybody expected them to be the interior pick was better post bye week, which is positive. Uh, you know, if they can get go, get going at a high level, 
uh, and, and Miles Garrett and Olivier Vernon basically keep playing as is or anywhere near it, uh, they're going to be in fantastic shape. Yeah, uh, look, this is one where, you know, offensively it should just be do what you have to do, run the ball. You really ain't got to show nothing fancy. Defense should be able to do what they got to do. Keys are obviously going to be Joe Schobert and Mac Wilson with their tackling. There is no doubt about it. You got to be on, you know, Lindsey's a little water bug. He's a pain in the butt. Freeman brings a little more oomph to it. You know, obviously a little more size to him. But you got to get on these guys. You got to wrap. Um, Pete, for me, I'm thinking, you know, Greedy Williams, Cortland Sutton might be a matchup you want to go with because after that, it, it, it's it's a bunch of Smurfs. And, you know, if you got these young, you know, I mean, you got these guys that are quick in and out of cuts or whatever, uh, you know, Denzel Ward, you know, not that I'm really essentially worried about him. Deshaun Hamilton, you know, had a nice end to last year. It's not really transgressed over in a year or two. Part of it is probably because I don't see how him and Joe Flacco would really be that good of a quarterback wide receiver relationship. Maybe that gets a little better this week. But, you know, maybe just let Denzel roam on some of these, you know, basically Nats compared to Sutton, who's got the, you know, and Ben said last night, he's not sure that Sutton's ever going to be that true number one. He's probably more, you know, the number two, the Z. Um, maybe have Denzel worry, worry more about the fleas and just have Greedy go around with Sutton type of thing. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, Greedy Williams is certainly a better size matchup, even though Greedy Williams is certainly not, you know, a thick dude, but Cortland Sutton is. Um, it's probably not the best situation for for Ward, um, but I mean, they, you know, they're probably going to just keep playing sides. You know, that's one of those things where you say double team, use greedy, greedy with the safety, sort of keeping an eye on it. Uh, Denzel Ward shuts down, you know, whether it's Deshaun Hamilton or someone else. Uh, this could be a good week for TJ Carey uh, slash Joe Schobert to deal with Noah Fant for, you know, obviously he's a rookie and he's had his issues, but he's a really, really talented football player uh, and, and has game-breaking ability if you if you give him the opportunity. So th- those matchups will certainly be important and interesting to watch for this one. Uh, part of the uh, – and this is where I do have a question, and, and maybe when you brought up TJ Carey's name, uh, Pete, they've been kind of – you know, they've been loving this 4 two, five. But you don't have Demarius Randall this week. You don't have Eric Murray this week. Um, is it maybe you're going to maybe abandon some of that four-two-five? And and you, what other safety is going to see a good amount of reps other than Morgan Burnett? Oh well, I mean Justin Burris is probably the next man up. So you well, know they hate on that. <laughs> if they want to continue rolling with that, then that would be the move. Um, you know that that'll be an interesting question. Do they feel like they're better off with Justin Burris in the lineup, or are they do they feel like they're better off with Sione Taki Taki? Yeah, Sione Taki Taki, or you know whoever. Maybe Malik Jefferson is getting acclimated enough to be able to contribute. Uh, but yeah, those those are kind of the choices you have in there, uh, and it you know that that will be certainly interesting because if they do feel like Taki Taki is a better option, it'd be nice to get a look at him. Uh, to see where he's at in terms of his development. Uh, uh, he, he should be, I think he's as recovered as he's probably going to be from that hamstring uh, for this year. So that could be an interesting way for them to sort of get more control of the line of scrimmage because that is precisely what he does. Um, mm-hmm. So that, that could be worthwhile. 
Yeah, it was just something I was thinking about today. I mean, because, you know, I mean, look, your Whitehead, other than the Raven game, it's it's been a lot of hit or miss or whatever. And, you know, if, if I get a tweet yelling at me later from Jermaine Whitehead, I mean, certainly a possibility. Um, but you're kind of thin at the safety position. Not, I mean, look, I mean, you know, I guess thinner because it's not like really Randall's been around here. Just something I'm thinking about and some way to look at it. And the other thing is, is I don't know how many, you know, four and empty sets Denver's going to run with this kid, especially with the way their tackles are playing and the way the edge rushers are playing for the Browns. So it is something to look out for in that respect. We're going to move on here. We'll get to obviously uh, the Cleveland offense versus the Denver defense on your packed auto insurance, locked on Browns, pregame show, Pete Smith, Browns, Haven, obviously Jeff Lloyd. Guys, mybookie.ag, obviously I talk all the time. They've been with us for as long as I have been with the locked on network. Uh, so ways to maybe use mybookie.ag tomorrow to your advantage if you'd like to bet on your team's game. Uh, over, unders on fantasy players, whether it's Nick Chubb should have a good game tomorrow. Is it Odell? Is it Jarvis? What wide receiver has the day? Do you want to play it that way? Take a look at Baker's number. Does he go in second time into Denver? Not too concerned, not too nervous with the conditions in Denver and the fact that he's already played there in a primetime game, one way to look at it. You want to play the game straight up against this point spread. You can do that with mybookie.ag. Do you want to take the Browns in a parlay, three team, four team, where you can manipulate the spread to your advantage? All things you can do with mybookie.ag. Sign up today. They'll match your initial deposit up to 100%. So it gives you a bunch of options on how you want to bet this game. A lot of people like to bet the game that their team plays. That way, if you're miserable once, if it doesn't work out, you can maybe be miserable twice. And mybookie.ag will allow you to do that. Use the promo code LOCKEDON, all caps, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, LOCKEDON, mybookie.ag. You play, you win, you get paid. Move on over. Um, This isn't the easiest place to play, obviously, you know, due to the altitude and things like that. And I thought Freddie Kitchens was very smart in getting that team out there on Friday. But for the, you know, there are a lot of guys on this team who have been here before. So that's not. It's not something they're not too uncomfortable in that respect. Um, you know, obviously, it aids you as a passer. There is no doubt about that. Um, is it so much worrying about getting Baker and the receivers on this track, Pete, or is it just about doing what you have to do to get a uh, Ben specified last night? The problem that this Broncos defense has is defending the run. Leonard Fournette, uh, Leonard Fournette had a fortnight against them. So is this just simple? Let's go get a W with what's working right now. Our defense, now that our corners are back, our pass rush, Nick Chubb, and let the rest of it just come the way it is. Uh, you know, Nick, obviously, 100-yard day out there last year, a lot of it aided by that key 40-yard run in the fourth quarter, which almost essentially sealed the deal. Is this the route to go, Pete? You really you don't need to be putting anything on tape right now so much. Just do what you're capable of doing right or what you've shown to do right to this point and go get it done. Well, bottom line, you got to win. And and that that you can worry about all the other stuff. They don't win, Pete. We're doing draft shows by like Wednesday, right? So I mean, that's that's what this week is. You you win, uh, and and whatever you have to do to win, whatever you have to pull out to get a win, you're going to do it. Now, having said that, um, if I think Nick Chubb is your engine, that was the way that uh, that was the way they won this game last year. First and foremost, that's the way they should win this year. Um, it would seem that that is sort of the pivot anyway, that this is where this is sort of going. Uh, so with that, if that's where this is going, you know, and when you're going to get Kareem Hunt back, you're making hopefully 
continued changes to to address the offensive line, uh, then pound the rock with him first and foremost. Allow that to set up play action. Your you know keep the offense on schedule. Your offensive line is substantially better if it's run blocking first before pass blocking or some of that play action stuff is your pass blocking. Um, that puts the Browns in a better pe- better situation to be competitive. Uh, and then hopefully as you do that, you're staying on schedule. You're able to get some, some good looks from play action and those type of things. Then those other things happen and you can start building on those. But the last thing the Browns need to do is sit here and worry about, well, you know, we need to get the, the, the passing game going. So we're going to, we're going to be impatient with it, force that, that doesn't hit the ground running or you, 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 you make a mistake or something and, and you put yourself in a football game that you should be winning and then you're pressing and you're desperate. So set the tone early, run the football, get those play action things working. And I, and I don't have like, it's not like I'm going to be sitting here angry because I wasn't last week and the Browns came out and passed the first three plays against the Patriots. But ultimately that was their formula last week. Unfortunately they had the, the turnovers but that is what they were were ultimately doing was uh, using Nick Chubb to sort of uh, beat up their defense, and he did, uh, and then flow from there. And that's got to be the mindset. I thought last week was sort of the pivot, but the game got out of hand so quickly uh, that it didn't, you know, it wasn't able to last long enough to matter. Well, and it was even a thing, and we had talked about this. It was a good game plan. Um, in no game plan, and even still, if you're just basing it on this season – no game plan. Have you said, oh, well, you know, we really got to be worried if we give the ball to Nick so much because the ball's been getting dropped and he's been putting it. No, it, it just, it was fluke. I mean, shit happens, so to speak. Pete, there's so much talk about personnel groupings and the numbers and the way they equate it to Freddie. And, you know, obviously 12, it functions better out of 12 personnel. Obviously one running back, two tight ends, guys. Um, you don't have Farrell Brown this week. And that is what it is. But Peter, are we, you know, Carlson's in, are we confident with 12 personnel and would it, with it being Ricky Seals Jones and obviously Harrison, I mean, could there be a possibility if you're going to most likely go to, you know, Wyatt Teller anyway, do you maybe, maybe go a little unbalanced, maybe go with Cush, do you, you know, go with an extra lineman? I mean, everybody wants the 12 personnel because apparently, you know, obviously the, you know, the numbers in the analytics back it up, but I mean, is it a really strong 12 personnel grouping? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Again, you, you got to put the best 11 out there. I, I hate the idea that you're forcing a personnel package based on analytics. Yeah. yeah. You're forcing it based on what the numbers say, as opposed to these are our best guys. And, you know, there are certainly situations where they're going to, they, they should, want to get, you know, put guys in the box and run the football. But again, I think if you're, if you're just looking at it from the standpoint of who's going to put the Browns in the best opportunity to win, you know, you've got all these receivers, you know, if, if Richard Higgins is ready to go and they're going to use him. When he goes uh, back home, they better be ready to go. Then, then certainly you can, you know, put more receivers out there. Jarvis Landry can certainly, uh, be a help in terms of functioning as a, a as an extra blocker in some of the things he can do. 
that you don't necessarily, you may not necessarily put Carlson in there, but you're still getting the same effect. Uh, but yeah, I, I think in some respects, you may want to spread the Broncos out a little bit, not give them the opportunity and, and, and take advantage of what you have. If that's White Teller in there, but if that's why they're playing Justin McCray, or if they're going to put Greg Robinson back in, which I would not be surprised if that happens, uh, then, then uh, you may just want to empty out the box at times and just go like that. I think a lot of it is just controlling tempo and, you know, giving them a lot of looks so they have to continue to adjust. And this is one thing that helped them, helped them in Baltimore is Ricky Seals-Jones, he's in the huddle. It's not a tell. That's one of the joys you have with this kid at six foot three and probably 240-ish, whatever. He can do, you know, and line up in, as a big slot. And he's not a tell in the huddle as far as, you know, defensive coordinator, as far as what, you know, what do you want to put on the field to counteract the guys they have on the field. So, I mean, hey, maybe you see more of Ricky Seals-Jones as the only, well, quote, you know, the Joey from Friends quote, tight end on the field because he's a joker, essentially. You know, as a, def- as a defense, you don't know essentially what to do. So dictate it. Again, you don't have to be crazy aggressive, but you can be aggressive in your formations, in your personnel, and still do simple crap with it. And that's probably more of what they need to do is have them just thinking about it coming out of the huddle as opposed to, you know, trying to get creative or trying to make plays run too long that Baker's been doing or, you know, trying to make every play a hit where, you know, look, take three yards. And Baker, again, forget, don't forget, you can run if you need two, three yards. Keep the chain, you know, keep the downs moving, keep the positive yardage going. Uh, Pete, uh, you know, we're talking with Ben last night, and he said that, you know, maybe Fangio is not the best or this system is not the best thing in the world for Von Miller. And, you know, and he even said is, you know, if your defense doesn't fit a Von Miller, maybe question your defense. But, you know, the theory people are going to put two and three blockers on Von Miller. You just take it and you accept it and you hope some other guys make some plays in some one-on-one matchups. Wolf is a nice player. Demarcus Walker out of Florida State's actually gotten some run this year. But those matchups don't scare me. It's got to be make sure Von Miller does not ruin your freaking Sunday. Yeah. Um, but I, I think how you do it might be different than some of the other pass rushers because he's not a big guy. Um, he's obviously fast. He's obviously very strong for his size and all those things. But I think it becomes more of a chip uh, back out of the backfield type thing, or one of those tight ends, maybe in, in space deals, as opposed to you need to dedicate an extra blocker to them. Um, you just need to make sure you get control initially. Um, and obviously, you, you know, theoretically, this is Chris Hubbard's strength that he's more of a mobile guy as opposed to a an athletic you know, right guy. tackle. Yeah. So I mean. That might, you know, that may, they didn't get beat by Von Miller last year with Chris Hubbard. I mean, and they, that's when they had Bradley Chubb. So, uh, yeah, it, 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 you can't take him for granted by any stretch. You always have to account for him on there. But I, I do think that uh, it could be a situation where the Browns uh, are creative with how they deal with him as opposed to designating an extra guy every play that's got to do it. Like, or I should say one guy over and over. I think it's more of a, you know, a little bit of everything because you don't want to get him sort of expecting how he's getting blocked either. You, you, you sort of need to give him a, a little bit of a look. 
Yeah, and whether it's a you know a, a tight end short motion where it's uh, you know a legal chip from them. The thing with Von Miller or any elite pass rusher is you gotta con- you know continuously switch it up and change what you're seeing as far as you know things like that because Von Miller's seen it all. So if you're gonna continue to try and play the same game plan against them. It doesn't matter who the actual players are. Eventually, he's going to figure it out. He's a talented enough player. He's a good enough athlete where, you know, you just got to bring the kitchen sink. Otherwise, yeah, he's going to end up screwing up your Sunday, which you don't want by any means whatsoever. I mean, because Von Miller is ruined many, many a Monday night, many a Thursday, whatever. It's just the way it goes, and he's the guy you got to fear. The interesting one here, Pete, is Justin Simmons. Um, it was weird because Justin Simmons was a nice player coming out of Boston College who had a reputation of, you know, being good around the line of scrimmage, that's kind of gone away a little bit. Justin Simmons is more your traditional deeper safety. He's had a phenomenal year as far as, you know, tackles and, you know, as, as far as, you know, uh, PBUs and obviously interceptions. Great, great player. But I, I don't know if I'm that concerned about him because other than Chris Harris Jr., these cornerbacks leave a, leave a lot to be desired. Uh, Justin Simmons is a threat to be that deep safety to intercept passes and that type of stuff. Um, you know, if if they're, you know. And his running uh, mate, though, then is Kareem Jackson, who's a former cornerback. So, I mean, I mean, wh- wh- where's the where's the balls of this safety unit? Yeah, they don't. They lost that. They really don't. I mean, they're more of a finesse <laughs> group now. Um, so you're you're worried about making a mistake in terms of turnovers. Not that he's going to tackle a guy like Chris Chubb or, or you know, if, if you get the ball to a uh, Ricky Seals-Jones or Demetrius Harris or whatever, he's going to be, you know, crushing those guys. But it, it, that's more of a um, don't make the mistake to him and get picked off. I do think that, you know, the deep ball and keeping those guys back may benefit the Browns um, if they're smart with it because then they can hopefully create more space in the box and and you know from both ends, you may hit one of these things, and you keep those guys back, which should create some more running room. It's it, there's certain there's plenty of avenues, and look, I mean they have good players. Whether it is Harris, you know, whether it is Von Miller, whether it is Joe Fence is playing well, but what you know what you need to do here is you need to have essentially your defense, your defense keep their offense off the field. And look, there's only so many hits, you know, and so many reps you can take before, you know, the breaks start beating the boys essentially. And that's what you're going for here. But yeah, go in there and look, just with any road game, it doesn't have to be pretty. Your goal is to get out of there with a W. It doesn't matter how it looks by any means whatsoever. Get out there, get business done, get Nick, get Nick rolling early. Brandon Allen getting in his head. I mean, I don't even know what their option would be at quarterback, if God forbid something happened to Brandon Allen. So uh, we'll get to here with, you know, uh, predictions, keys, and that type of stuff as we roll on through your packed auto. Packed auto, Lockdown Browns, pregame show. Don't forget, you are probably paying way too much for your car insurance. But why pay for your car when you are not using it? Pause coverages when you don't drive and control how much you save. That's savings on demand with packed insurance. You can find them at packedauto.com. We appreciate the folks over Packed for the sponsorship of Locked on Browns. Pete, let's be honest. Is there any possibility 
of them controlling Olivier Vernon and Miles Garrett? No. Uh, and really, <laughs> really, this becomes a, a situation where, you know, if, if Brandon Allen gets rid of the ball really fast, <laughs> he may he may avoid, you know, getting getting decked. The flip side is if he if he pulls if he holds onto the ball too long, you may see just some stupid uh, sack numbers, like you know, maybe Olivia Vernon takes five. some of. But listen, uh, uh, I'm not sure. Like, if Brandon Allen is really going to hold on to the ball, and I don't know, I don't think he will. You're talking to does, Snowman, aren't you? This is going to be, you know, this could be Derek, Tom, you know, Derek Thomas, Seattle Seahawks, seven sack type day. They they have no answer right now, none. And both guys are playing at an incredibly high level. And if they can't run the ball and they're put in obvious pass situations, it's going to be just consistently pinning your ears back and it's going to just be a stupid number of sacks. Now how they get there and who's getting them remains to be seen. I think miles Garrett's going to get a couple. I mean, he could theoretically, this could be the game where he, you know, if he goes off, he may, he may get the, the franchise record for sacks in a season. Uh, he's at 10. The record is 14. Um, but you know, I, I would be stunned if he doesn't come out with like two, at least uh, I'm hoping Olivier Vernon goes off just because he deserves it. Uh, he's been just phenomenal. Uh, doesn't get enough appreciation, but those two right now are just playing an incredibly high level. And then, if Ogunjobi, who made an impassioned, you know, good for falling him, out of his good for him, teammate, you know that that means he's got to step up. And I, and I think Sheldon Richardson's got to step up. And again, I think they've been they were a little bit better. I think the trend is going in the right direction, but that needs to be at that you know at a high level across the board. And if they do that. That's what's really going to enable this defense to hit that next level. They've obviously got healthy corners. They've obviously got the ability to make plays. Uh, but that's the group that, that that makes this defense become potentially special, especially as they've got all these games. You know, these these games they have to win uh, down the stretch. That that could be what really controls games. And and you know, we may start seeing some not just turnovers, but you know, the potential for a defensive touchdown or a few along the way so yeah i mean i, I just it's going to be it should be it should be a showcase game for those guys um maybe for you know maybe for everybody on that defense uh we'll get here to predictions um for me pete it, and this is the thing you know as much as you know they did not win last week against new england if what you know take out the chub fumbles and look you know, you figure right now baker for an interception a game okay that's fine you take away chubb's two fumbles but everything else they did on offense and defense, this team goes into Denver and wins by two touchdowns easily. So that's where I'm at. I'm thinking like a, a 27-13. I don't think it's going to be that difficult. And the other thing is I'm not too concerned about, you know, if it's if it's Nick and he's hot and he's eviscerating him. If it's north of 25, I'm okay with it. Uh, you do have Kareem Hunt, who's now got almost two weeks of practice under his belt. Coming back for next Sunday, um, if you want to give Nick a little bit of a rest because you're about to play three games in 11 days. So to get a cookie here right now for the Browns would be really, really good because you got to play next Sunday, and then you got to play the Thursday after. I mean, it's, it, it's a crucial stretch, and getting a cookie and a chippy here in, in one of these parts would go you know, light years as far as being able to put together three wins in 11 days. 
So, but yeah, I'm pretty confident in it. And, you know, maybe obviously it's because of Allen and, you know, if Bradley Chubb was here, that would scare me a little more because we're talking about what we think our edges can do against their offensive tackles. They've only got one. So, you know, that makes me feel, you know, really, really good about it. I think this is easier. I think you're talking similar to the final score of the Jet game where this is an easy, easy day. And at least it should be for our Browns. Yeah, I think it's going to be somewhere around uh, 27 to 6. But the possibility is there that this gets just broken open big time if if uh, they cause some turnovers, maybe get a score. Even uh, still, if they get up 10, if they get up 10 nothing, this puppy's over. I, I, it just has a lot of potential for a defensive touchdown or a few, you know, some big turnovers. You obviously have this quarterback who hasn't, you know, done a lot. You've got questions of the offensive tackle position. You don't have a ton of skill. Uh, and, you know, if, if they can't run the ball, they're going to be constantly having to be, be in positions where they have to convert by throwing it, which is what happened against the Jets. And if that's the case, then it's just going to be embarrassing, for, uh, you know, in, in terms you of You cannot let this Browns defensive line pin their ears back. Right. And then the, the flip side is, I think – Denver is going to force the Browns to take long drives, I think. So if the Browns just continuously execute, I think they're gonna they're going to score points. They're gonna ultimately get there. It's gonna be more of a yeoman's effort. But I'm not discounting the possibility that this becomes a a bludgeoning type effort, and then it you know which resets everything. Um, and gets everybody super excited again when reality is it's just they just have to get it done and they have to if they can you know get get up and and do those things that it becomes a springboard as opposed to an isolated event like it was with the Ravens it's you know we've given you here guys from soup to nuts the recipe what's going to take tomorrow um hopefully that is the same thing that is uh gone on between Freddie and Todd Monk and and Steve Wilkes um, getting healthier, you are you know, finding a way to maybe upgrade at right guard, whatever happens at left tackle. Um, you are one massive upgrade over Dontrell Hilliard coming into next Sunday. This one's there to be had. And it, this is, look, some of these games, we had talked about this, and Pete had mentioned it. Look, you know, we, when we got the schedule, two and five wouldn't be too far off the realm. This is one, no, nah, inexcusable. You cannot do it. Uh, I know a bunch of you love draft talk. I want to get to it yet. I want Pete. I want Pete to be busy for the next five Fridays. Uh, let's not get there yet. Go out there, dominate this team because it's pretty much there to be had. Go get this one done. Pete Smith, obviously of Browns Maven at Browns Maven on Twitter. Browns Maven through the si.com app. Then we find all the work that's going on over there. Follow at underscore Pete Smith underscore uh, the show itself at Locked On Browns. All over case, always a follow. Uh, all over case, follow back account. You know that DMs are always open, guys. I appreciate the fact that everybody's enjoying the fact that we got the sound clean. We, you know, you know, the show's been through a lot, and everything I've been through, it's been hard to give the minutia of doing the show. The show is no problem, but as far as the production and all that stuff, I just don't really have the extra time now. We've kind of find a hit a groove here now, and I appreciate all the kinds of words. It means a lot, and everybody who's putting out stuff as far as you, you knowing what I'm going through. I can't help thank you enough. It, it does mean a lot. It helps me get through my day. It helps me get through this show and go on to the next day and battle and battle and battle. As, you know, me and my family were just trying to 
create what is our new norm as a family. Me personally, at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. DMs are always open. You know, yeah, guys, you know, I try my best every week to do everything I can for you guys as, you know, as far as trying to, you know, get back to you, answer questions. I understand people are Twitter shy. Cool. I totally get it. Understood. And you probably all, you're the real ones. You're probably the bright ones in that respect. Uh, So there you have it. It's been your packed auto uh, Lockdown Browns pregame show. Your daily delivery of all things dog pound LGB on the LOB. We'll be back with you tomorrow night to find a whistle. Let's go Browns.